since the next one, the podcast that dives deeper into the commitment issues of Pelliboto's former Jawa suitor into film and TV franchises and the fandoms they inspire. Today, we are diving into chapter five of the book of Boba Fett, and we are joined by the hosts. Everybody, buckle up. <laughs> Strap in for about a 14-hour podcast episode. <laughs> we, we, have, we have on the show today <laughs> Silver and Cat from Into the Grab and Shoot podcast. Welcome. What's up? It's, hey, baby. It's, it's, it's the two females from Into the Garbage Shoot podcast. Oh, uh, there we go. Oh, no. Oh, you uh, said the F word. The female Star Wars podcast oh, host. Yeah, we're over here sipping our wine. Oh. About to watch they, Desperate Housewives. Yeah, they really like Ray. They really like Ray. Everyone relax. We were talking about some mansplaining done to Cat before we started recording. Everyone relax. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. Welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. We got quite the doozy of an episode to talk about today with Chapter Five: The Return of the Mandalorian. The episode, the episode where we're like the week before, like I wonder if Din's gonna be in that next week or like in a couple more episodes. I wonder, and then it's like literally him, just him, the whole episode. Uh, Yeah, shocker and spoiler alert: this was actually just the first episode of The Mandalorian season three. Boom. (laughs) Here we are. That's it. So far, I mean, you host your own podcast. It's a Star Wars <laughs> podcast. It's a relatively new Star Wars podcast. We so so new that mm-hmm. we started on the same day. And I just wonder if you could tell the audience a little bit about your Star Wars podcast. Silver. Cat. <laughs> John. So <laughs> Yeah. No, 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 no. Let's finish each other's sentences. Go. Sounds great. <laughs> so we started um <laughs> podcast. <laughs> This is now an improv comedy podcast. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. It's Kat. yes and silver. Yes and. <laughs> Forgot to mention that uh, silver and cat are also in the groundlings. <laughs> okay, so we started a podcast. Um, it actually just kind of based off our friendship. We met on the internet, and we happen to be thirty minutes away from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how the force works in its mysterious ways. But Kat and I being uh, just the fan females, just kidding, fangirls that we are. Um, Relax, we, everybody. Relax. We uh, were excited about, you know, WandaVision geeking out. And I said, hey, let's do an Instagram live. And um, we did a crazy Instagram live happy hour where uh, we were uh, talking about Mephisto maybe showing up and um, and it was fun. And then I said, hey, let's do this every week. And then we were like, you like Star Wars. I like Star Wars. It should be about Star Wars. I assume it was it was during like COVID lockdown, right, that you did that. I mean, obviously, that's when WandaVision yes. was. Yeah. But yes. I kind of miss that era. I don't miss it because it was terrible. But at the same time, it was kind of this like comforting warm moment of where everyone was just kind of on the same page and just trying to find ways to occupy their time so everyone was getting super creative and like making yeah. finding new ways to communicate and things like that so yeah it's cool that your podcast came from that no we just had a yeah we just had a good time and i said hey let's just do this every week and um it took us a while to kind of get the ground running yeah. uh just because i don't know life and everything happens for a reason and honestly it's been such a blast ever since and i look forward to it every week it is the only thing good going for me right now oh no i'm joking 
<laughs> no, no, she has to say that. Cat, okay. what do we rehearse? We rehearse yeah. what? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Yes, 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 yes. It's yes. yes. my favorite thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, it's been, honestly, it's a lot of fun. It's been yeah. great. And John, honestly, you brought up a great point, which is that like, I don't really miss peak COVID either, but I kind of do at the same time, right? Because all of us were kind of stuck at home, didn't really have anything to do. But I felt like because of that, like all of us were really like, I'm going to really tap into the things that I love, right? And like, I'm going to spend the time with the people that I love to spend my time with, you know? And I feel like for me personally, like into the garbage chute is that is the epitome of like talking about things that you love to talk about with the people that you love you know what I mean and it's just like it's been so much fun and so great and we try very hard to be positive um intellectual (laughs) voices (laughs) I like that that ends with a laugh we try I said we try (laughs) we're very we're very intellectual yeah you know some people you know some people start a Star Wars podcast be closer to their friends and some people storm the capital it's like it's just you just gotta do what you love (laughs) Uh, <laughs> pretty much you got to find your niche you got to find your niche right you just got to find it and like pursue it well also one thing that we learned in COVID is like <laughs> life is too short I should right, do the things exactly. that I want to do in life right which mm-hmm. is like I could start a podcast or I could threaten Nancy Pelosi <laughs> <laughs> Before we go any further, we're already at chapter five. Yeah, let's recover from that one. We gotta, we're, we're already at chapter five of the Book of Boba Fett. We have two more episodes left out of the seven episode series. As podcast hosts who are asking your own guests, I thought I thought it would be rude to ask you your history of Boba, Boba Fett so far. It's like, I think you've, you've been over it. If you want to hear uh, Silver and Cat's journey with Boba Fett as a character, go listen to their podcast. They have uh, a bunch yes. of episodes on the yes. Book of Boba Fett as well with a series mm-hmm. uh, featuring guests. I was one of those guests and they've had several other great guests on there like Kara DJ, who's been on this one as well. It's really cool. So go check that out. Let's do a quick temperature check on how you're feeling about the Book of Boba Fett series up to this point. How are you feeling about the series as a whole so far? Uh, Silver, we'll start with you. I, overall, I'm actually really enjoying the series. I like Star Wars. That makes me think afterwards where I try and figure out okay what's the story trying to tell me and I've been really enjoying just kind of the journey of Boba Fett I am very much a Boba Fett fan post Mandalorian season two sure Uh, just seeing his journey is really making me appreciate Boba Fett overall as a character but I've been enjoying it I've been having fun honestly I'm so easy to please honestly if you can (laughs) just give me if I can watch Star Wars every week and you can just give me visual stuff like chopping uh, droids chefs or uh, huts uh you know a very fine looking wookie i am very satisfied so i'm oh. having a blast <laughs> when black sands around everyone's satisfied so oh yes hey. uh, what about you yeah um i've been really enjoying it i think that um i've kind of talked about it a little bit on our podcast but the the problem that i think a lot of us had going into this show was that we automatically are going to judge how this show is off of the mandalorian right like we're going to compare these two shows Mm -hmm. and i was honestly i think i was guilty of doing that in the first half but what i've learned is that that's not fair to this tv show i think they're trying to do something very different from what the mandalorian is trying to do and for that, I think that it's absolutely fantastic. 
You know what I mean? Like Definitely. I, I've, I've been loving it. It was a little rough at first. And uh, we talked <laughs> about on the episode where we had you on, there's been a few things that have been a little weird to me. A little dicey. Yeah. A little dicey. I eat like the mods and their inspector gadget business, but I've, I've loved it a lot. I love the narrative in this story. And I think that's a big thing for me. Um, especially, you know, like being, uh, I studied film in college. I did film theory. So it's been a lot of fun to kind of dig really deep into this show and really look at what is the story that they are trying to tell and how are they using audio and cinematography and script to tell this story. Sure. And for mm-hmm. that, I think that it is like, it's top tier for me now. You know what I mean? Once you meet the show where it's at, I think everyone's first episode podcast that I listened to about the book of Boba Fett was like, oh, it's different. It's definitely uh, different than Mandalorian. And it's like, I think once you got into episode two and really found out what they were trying to do with this, with yeah. the episode mm-hmm. where Bo- like Boba Fett joins the Tusken Raiders. Yeah. Once that happened, I feel like everyone's like, oh, okay, that's what, that's what we're doing. Board. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think either on board or not at all. <laughs> I think some people, right? <laughs> some people just like gave up right away. And some people were like, mm-hmm. this is everything I've ever wanted for Boba Fett. I wanted to talk a little bit. I think this episode specifically brought up a lot of that comparison because obviously how could it not switching over to just a purely Din Djarin Mandalorian themed episode. I, I think that a lot of people, you know, you said this is the first episode of Mandalorian season three, like excitedly, but I think a lot of people were like disappointed. I don't really like to respond to like discourse unless I'm just like winking at it a little bit. I think it's worth noting that this is a, a grander story they're starting trying to tell. Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. and yes. and there's no there's no real way they could have introduced Mando. It would have been ridiculous if he just showed up. I didn't I did not expect an entire episode and I'm I'm thrilled that we got it because I missed Mando so much. I'm like I not until this episode was over I was like, "Oh my god, I didn't even realize I missed him that much. I love that guy." It's, yeah. It's insane how much. That's what I thought too. I was like, "Wow, I missed Dejarin." <laughs> yeah. It was wild. It, yeah. I love this guy. <laughs> I didn't realize that either, but you know, when, um, it, when the whole, you know, last, especially last episode was very heavily teased that, Hey, we may, you know, see him, whether it's like, you know, just a quick scene or in this case, an entire episode, right. it really makes sense because I remember when post, uh, well, after this finale, uh, they had the, when they said, Oh, book of Boba is coming out. And there was so much confusion. It's like, wait, is this the, is this the Mandalorian season mm-hmm. three then? Right. Is that, is that mm-hmm. what this is? It, it makes a lot of sense because when it was announced that all these TV shows were coming out, it was, they were going to have like that, you know, the whole, these shows were going to like kind of intertwine and, you know, start to connect. I don't know. It just kind of made sense that, Hey, Let's check in with our other big TV. As far as like a, you know, uh, they're putting out a project. It would make sense. Like, hey, let's check in with another our, our uh, another upcoming show that, that's coming out. Sure. Let's see what he's up to. I don't know. I just found myself just really finding so many like parallels between Din and Boba sure. in this. in this, And it just made a lot of sense for me as far as the story, but also mm-hmm. like really checking in with him. Um, and I don't know. It just it just hit well. I I I, I hear the complaints. It's like, oh well, this is a book of Boba, and it's you know, it's just a whole Mandalorian. It's like, well, you know, yeah, cool, whatever. I don't hear that. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> You're like la 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 la. Yeah, it's so weird. I'm like, where? Well, uh, okay. And then I'm telling you these. La- I feel like these last two episodes are going to be like the the meat and potatoes that we yeah. are you know 100 yeah yeah and you know there's there's precedent obviously in other series for for episodes like this and i think people are just getting really hung up on the boba fett aspect of it like where was he 
And it's like, he's, he's coming back. He's, he's still here. This is still a show. <laughs> but like, I think of like, um, do you, uh, either of you watch Better Call Saul, the uh, Breaking Bad spinoff? There's an episode. I mean, yeah. this is the one I'm thinking of specifically. There's an episode where Mike Airman Trout in that show, like his accomplice, like that ends up being Gustavo Fring's security guard eventually, like gets his own episode. And like, it's been focusing on uh, Saul Goodman up to this point. And it's like, Mike gets his own episode and it's like completely changes the style of the show. And the tone of the right. show, but it works because it's telling, it kind of changes what the show can be. And it's like, oh, okay, this is the book of Boba Fett and it diverts like a chapter in a book. You kind of bring up a really good point. Um, Ted Lasso does the same thing yeah. in season two where they spend um, the episode before the season two finale. The entire episode is about Coach, sure. who we know literally nothing about. And the entire episode is very different from kind of the mm -hmm. feel and the theme of the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, I think it was, again, the same thing, right? Where you either left it or you were like, oh, this is not what I'm into at all. But like you're saying, like, it's important to kind of explore other chapters yeah. of a book, yeah. right? Totally. And yes. other characters. And yes. not every character brings the same feel or theme to a show right. or yeah. a book or whatever it might be, right? So I, I agree with you that it's like, it's fun to do that. You know what yeah. I mean? There's a precedent for it. It's world building and it's it deepens it deepens the themes. Oh, it's world building. It's definitely world building. My my god. <laughs> it's so good. Um, no, it's good. <laughs> uh, for for the people that were uncomfortable with it, just cutting them to din for the whole week, I came up with three different scenarios that they probably would have liked okay. better. Tell me if they, you think this one would be okay. Mando shows up and Boba asks, Din, where'd you come from? And Mando replies, No time to explain. Time to go be a super badass and kill a lot of dudes. So there's a lot of blood and swearing for the first time ever in Star Wars. What do you think about that? Is that a good one? That's that's a good one. Okay. I think that's what I think yeah. that's what there's a group that really wants that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here's scenario number two. Mando crashes through the wall of Boba's palace <laughs> and says, I just flew him from Navarro and boy is my jetpack tired. And everyone just like stares at him and then they go fight the pikes. Okay. Very, very Kool-Aid man of him to okay. do that. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Like, is he Kool-Aid man? He just shows up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. My boys are really obsessed with uh, things crashing through things. And I showed them a compilation of Kool-Aid man videos. And they were like, that was the best thing I've ever seen. They were like, yeah. they were like, cool. they were like that's the peak. Of, that's like their Citizen Kane. Wait until they see Jackass. Let's have, I want you both back on for the Jackass Forever pod. We actually dare you to invite somebody else onto that podcast episode. <laughs> Watch what happens. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. Jeez. I'm getting, I'm, just so everyone knows, it's, it's, on, it's been documented and I've just been threatened on my own podcast. Actually, we're taking over the podcast now. This is our <laughs> podcast. <now. laughs> I am the captain now. Yeah, uh, we are. All right. And then my third and final scenario, Mando walks into Boba's kitchen and opens the fridge and takes a swig out of like a, a blue milk carton. In a, in Boba's robe from the previous from the uh, episode that we did, uh, and he goes and he says, "What's up, Boba?" And then there's a live studio audience, and they all go crazy. Uh, <laughs> that's the good one. That's yeah. He has favorite. his helmet on, right? So he's in the yeah. robe. No, it's a, oh helmet. yeah, he's he's got his helmet on, but it's like undies. It's, it, Is he yeah, in undies? Yeah, he's like it's a helmet, but like oh, I'm obsessed. Helmet armor off and just right and just the robe, right? Back to undies with the robe, and he's just like, hey, and Boba's I'm like, obsessed. Yeah, that's my stuff. And like a long pair of socks. Yeah, I'm totally. Obsessed. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Like a slip on, like Adidas sandals, somehow, like anachronistic. Yes, that's. I okay. think that's the winner then. Okay, yeah, so we'll we're gonna submit this this uh, edit to uh, <laughs> Disney Plus, so maybe they can edit it into the into there. Just like uh, what did they edit something out of uh, um out of they edited like someone's butt out of Disney Plus on something. I'm about to commission time. someone to do an artwork of Din 
in the robe <laughs> drinking out of Boba's, <laughs> Boba's fridge. With, no, no. with a, a sous chef droid and the rat catcher yeah, droid in I the want, background. I, just like super I concerned. Want, I want him in that kitchen just chilling in the robe. Like, and hey. Black Chris Anton on the other side and he's eating a bowl of cereal. Totally. Yeah, just like, let's go. He's got milk like in his right. milk, milk, milk beard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's that's the clear winner. So we should probably get to the episode. Um, <laughs> Oh, wow. Is that not what we were doing? Uh, I think it's time to talk about the episode. And to do that, we have to go back to basics. So the Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 5, The Return of the Mandalorian, um, not very subtly named. Release date Wednesday, January 26, 2022. Directed by the queen of Star Wars herself, Bryce Dallas Howard. Give her a movie. I know it's been said a million times, but a million and one times on this podcast, give her a movie. Written by John Favreau, just going wild at this point. Cast of this episode, uh, Pedro Pascal as Din Djarin. Even the casting call of this episode is complicated, but it's like, <laughs> I want to shout out the this, like the, the body doubles and stuff too. But yeah, mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal is the voice of Din Djarin. Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder as the Mandalorian's body double. Emily Swallow back as the armorer. Love her. But Michelle Lee as the armorer's stunt double. Tate Fletcher as Paz Vizsla. That's a vocal warm-up. Uh, <laughs> Rich and then Rich Cetrone as Paz Vizsla's stunt double. And Amy Sedaris coming in super hot as Pelimoto yes. back mm-hmm. once again. Clap, 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 clap. Yes. In the episode itself. My oh my, how do how do we even tackle this? Because the plot itself wasn't as dense as I thought it was going back to rewatch it and like do this summary. But I was mm-hmm. like, man, this is like the infinite jest or like the Ulysses of uh, of podcast summaries. Because it's like, how do I even translate this into like a form that's digestible? But we'll, we'll, we'll do right. our best. We'll do our very best. The episode opens in honestly one of the cleanest meatpacking facilities I've ever seen, especially like one run by Clatoonians. Clatoonians? Is that Clatoonians or Clatoonians? Either way, it's like the Galactic Health Department would be so proud because this, oh. this place oh, is was spotless. 100% on top yeah. of this. Oh, they, were, <laughs> they were like, we, we run a tight operation here. And then who appears at this moment but dun, 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 Din Djarin, the Mandalorian himself. Mando! Looking ah! to collect... Ah, Tim. Um, when you watch it a second time, like it's a lot clearer. But like, with, you know, watching it bleary eyed at seven a.m., I was like, <laughs> I was like, it, it's gonna go either way. It's gonna go either way because it looks like his, it looks like Boba's missile, but it's a spear, you know. Yeah, right. uh, and then he just he just struts through, feeling himself. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Din Djarin Mando is back. If the name of the episode didn't tip that off to you, uh, looking to collect the bounty on the meatpacking boss's head. Surrounded by bodyguards, Din activates the fucking Darksaber and absolutely goes wild with it, just killing everybody in the room. It seems a little bit heavy at first. He shaves part of his thigh off on accident. Yeah, And then, uh, yeah, but we'll get more into the heaviness of it later. But I'm glad they showed it because it's like, you, you know, you always have that conversation with your friends. It's like, I would chop my arm off. I would like definitely right. like, at least lose a finger or something. And it's like, yeah, he sucks with this thing at this point, mm-hmm. but he knows it's... Oh, yeah, I'm- terrified of ever a real life lightsaber. I would never do it. I don't want it. I don't need that. No. (laughs) What am I going to do with this? Right. Kill myself? No, thank you. (laughs) And to show it in live action like this in a show, I was like, thank you. Finally, someone someone doesn't know how to use this thing, right? And I mean, it's not that he doesn't know how to use it, right? He's still just like absolutely not connected to it. Laying waste to these guys. But um, yeah, just definitely not connected to it. Yeah, at this point. So after body slamming the leader of the crew through a table and chopping him (laughs) in half, Din beheads him. What's happening? It's like, the first three minutes of the show are insane. When you, when, you, when you start with a dog man getting cut in half and then like having his head cut off and shoved into a bag and that's how your episode starts. It's like, where 
where do you go from there? Off to a fantastic start. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's, it's like <laughs> it's like after body slamming and cutting his head off, they inform he informs the crew of the meatpacking plant that they can have all the New Republic credits they can carry if they let him pass safely. Then we cut to the title cards. We pick up on a Star Wars ring world, kind of getting like Narshada meets Elysium it's good. vibes. Halo, yeah, Halo it was good. for sure. It was very, very sci-fi, right? Which is like Star Wars oh, is always I loved like it. everybody oh. talks about how Star Wars is a sci-fi, but at the same time, you're kind of like I don't really get those vibes from Star Wars, right? This is one of those rare times where you're actually like this is science fiction. And the music, mm-hmm. the scores, incredible over it, just so expansive and mysterious, but kind of speaking to how beautiful this structure is, but how mysterious it is as well. Din staggers his way through the streets making his way to collect his bounty in an amazing one-shot, like, one-take sequence, like, entering the Copacabana in a Goodfellas status, but it's, yes. it's Mando. I just could, I couldn't handle anything going on in this episode. It honestly. was great, right? And it goes back to the, kind of the one of the bigger, I think, inspirations and themes of this show, which is very much, like, gangster movies, mm-hmm. right? Totally, yep. So you're kind of like, yeah, when you dig deep into it, you really are like, this is Goodfellas. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, he walks in, throwing the boss's head on the table, demanding the location of the nearest entrance to the substrata of the space station Ringworld and follows infrared Mandalorian symbols to get there. Upon entering, he approaches none other than the armorer. Yeah, I want to focus on this group a little bit. It's it's fun that they're like, oh, yeah, you, that was that was really quick. You must have been, you must have been easy for you. You're amazing. And he's like, just tell me where this place is. Like, just tell me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, have, have, sit down, have a meal. Yeah. I'm not here for small talk. Yeah. Give me out of here. Let's hang out. Like, oh, yeah, do you want no. dinner? No, I don't. I want to go, actually. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to find my people, man. I think the moment, I mean, the opening of the show is great, but the moment I was like, man, I missed Din Djarin was when he's like, you better put that thing on ice. (laughs) Like, walks away. It's like, man, welcome back, Mando. We love you. Mando! Din collapses from the pain caused by his Darksaber wound, and Paz Visla, a.k.a. What a Man, approaches oh, to wow. heal his wound. Back <laughs> to spray. Oh, the armor asks what weapons caused his wound, and Din passes her the Darksaber. Inspecting it, she reveals to Din that it's not one in combat and falls into the hands of Undeserving, a curse that will fall over Mandalore and it will be laid to waste. No pressure. Okay. So insane. No yeah. pressure. Did, so anyone, did anyone get the passive aggressiveness of the armor when she saw 100 percent. this entire scene i was like who do you have beef with right now and why don't you just say it she's mandalorian she's just intense she's just super intense i i i yeah but it's she like oh it's just like bitter. it's like gosh like just uh, almost like trying to keep them in this place like just very like not impressed that hey you got the dark saber but right like, very stoic and businesslike and it's right. like okay hey maybe this is a good sign for us that you yeah. one of us possesses this let's get into it um totally. no i just felt and um I, I i did mention my one a man paz vizsla because <laughs> um i don't really i don't need to see a man's face it was more like the body structure <laughs> of it was very like yo i'm feeling this you know <laughs> okay um but uh yeah so definitely when he has the the uh dark saber yeah it was very very obvious that paz vizsla was very like oh i want that it was like an immediate like hunger hunger for the saber just like your immediate uh, hunger for paz vizsla as he appeared on the screen oh <laughs> very 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 much so. <laughs> um it's, it's interesting to me too that it's like these, he says there's three of us now, referring mm-hmm. to the three of them being there. It's like just, it's crazy that they're, they're just living on these like girders underneath a giant floating space station. 
And um, it's it seemed like foreshadowing to me the way that she was talking about this is like it could go this way if you're gonna fuck this up. Yeah, uh, this this whole scene was I felt like I was floating around in space. I didn't know what was happening in my body watching it, but I was like, this is this is some hardcore shit. This is like some some real like I said before. I'm not really like a legends head or anything, but I was like, this feels like deep. Oh, here's this, some lore. This yeah, feels like Dark Horse Comics deep yeah. like legends lore hey you know mandalore man the lore <laughs> though <laughs> nice. hey. that's our episode everybody thank you good night oh, dang. All um, right. uh, but uh yeah it's it, it it calls to mind um remember do you remember during mandal i think it was mandalore in season one when bryce dallas howard had that manuscript that dave filoni handed her of like handwritten Beautiful. notes about the yeah. entire legacy and lore of Mandalore. Bless you, Dave Filoni. But like, yeah, um, what a man. That's yeah. my yeah. what a man. Yeah, <laughs> that's my what a man too. Actually, no, that's fair. Uh, uh, but he um, just it's just popping off in this episode where it's just it becomes it, it doesn't steal from the book of Boba Fett storyline right. too. You know, it's like mm-hmm. again, Boba Fett not a true Mandalorian. His father assisted in the Mandalorian wars and things like that. I could be wrong. Yell at me if I am, but like it's just still this uh, this idea of code and honor and following the ways versus shirking them, and it's like these stories are related in that regard too. Whereas like Boba, as we'll get to, we'll go we'll get to a Din in a minute, but like Boba kind of found his place in the staying put, whereas Din is still kind of roaming aimlessly throughout the yeah, universe without absolutely. without Grogu, and it's like he still has a code, but he doesn't. He's just kind of lost at this point without his little buddy, and. um you know, Boba's found his spot and he found his new code, whereas, you know, Din is still, it seems like kind of searching and, and he's trying to go back to the thing that he knew before. And they're like, no, man, like we'll get to that too. But they're just like, things aren't like quite what you think here either. It's like, you, you did, we're not going to give you a pat on the back for bringing the dark saber. You have, you still have to like follow the creed. So it's like, he's learned everything and nothing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, And I think this was like the first time I noticed when I was watching that I really like thought about Boba uh, during this. Sure. uh, Because yeah, exactly to your point with exactly everything you just said, Din is very lost and just like, you know, just, all right, I guess I'll go back to what I was doing before. Um, But everything that Din has been through in the last two seasons of Mandalorian, he's a changed man. Totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. And what we're seeing with Boba Boba is a changed man, but it, like he's, you know, he is acting on it where Din is like, I don't know what to do. And that's when the first time I thought of Boba and I'm like, okay, I kind of see where maybe we're going as far as like, it, like I go back to like what I, what I saw the parallels between these two, these two, these two characters. Sure. Yeah. Well also yeah. too, I mean, you have like the parallels in that both of them are kind of like father figures without actually having children. Right. Right? So like and you kind of pick up on that a little bit. Like I think that um, obviously we got that a lot with Boba and the Tuscans. And then you obviously get that with um, Din and Grogu. And another parallel, too, that I think is really interesting is that both of them are Mandalorians but they're not at the same time. Right. Right. They They are by creed. Yeah, it's not a race. It's a creed. Right. And so I think you also get to see them struggle with that identity of what does it mean to be a Mandalorian, especially with both of them now basically kind of going up against Bo-Katan. I think that's what they're setting up, right? So you have all of these different people that are Mandalorians, but it means something completely different for them. Because then yeah. you do also have, you know, um, the armorer and her idea of what a Mandalorian is. It's very different, right? So you kind of also in this episode get that shift of what it means to be a Mandalorian to all of these different people. 
you know yeah. what I mean? Which I think Absolutely. is so fascinating right. to cover. Yeah. So this episode, while it wasn't about Boba, it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> they're yeah. building up yeah. why he is the way that he is in the actions that he chooses to take. And they're, you know? yeah, and doubling down on those same themes. And it's like kind of showing the different right. sides of that same coin of, of, mm-hmm. of Boba and, and Jada. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's wonderful, but we can, yeah. we can continue. Uh, <laughs> Din tells the armor he's completed his quest to return Grogu to the Jedi, oh. which when he said Grogu, the name, I made me shed a tear. Um, and she <laughs> invites him to join the covert while setting up the armor's kiln. Paz asks how Din came became to own the Darksaber, and the armor asks how he came across his Beskar spear. She tells him that as long as it exists, it is a danger to Mandalorians due to his ability to pierce Beskar armor. Din instructs her to forge it into armor. Din brings up Bo-Katan. The armor speaks of her as a cautionary tale, born of a mighty house who lost sight of the way and lost the world because of it. We flash back to Mandalore on the night. This is what got me. On the night of a thousand tears, as we see the TIE bombers, Imperial droids invade their homeland. Okay. First of all, let's just, just this. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Yeah. In like two minutes, minutes, it's the most like dense and like rich lore. You're literally just slapping you across the face, right? With different emotions or like the tears, the tears, the night night of a thousand tears. And then seeing like the helmets on the ground as it's like, oh my gosh, what is going on? It was heartbreaking. Uh, Beautifully, beautifully uh, as me, like stunning visually watching it, but like just so heartbreaking mm-hmm. and it's like oh my gosh it just and it just go okay like we we talk about star wars the empire blah 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 all that stuff but it's like just to like see no but like to I, I, visually I, I, see that, you know yeah yeah. No, like, yeah but you know what yeah. i mean like to like yeah. See, yeah we get it you guys are the bad guys Ugh. but like to see the damage that they've done mm-hmm. to, right like a whole like home world like yes we see alderaan and okay mm-hmm. the, yes but like just to see like the impact like that is terrifying and the way they call it a night of a a thousand tears mm-hmm. my husband watching it with me the other night he's just like that sounds scary it's right. like yes it's terrifying <laughs> yeah and and uh they're yeah they're literally just like jabbing you with the best car spear at this point it evokes like you said it evokes this it's like pure fear it, it, you you don't you get the empire like you were saying in in fits and spurts like where you see them in, in powerful mode but they're still kind of like not comedy but there's still like a lightness of like we're the good guys we're the bad guys and and this was just them being their most like genocidal and vicious maybe the t2 terminator 2 like reference might have been a little much but like that was let, funny. let's yeah. let's let's do it let's do it why not because all the helmets on the ground were like the skulls from terminator 2 and all yeah, the um, <laughs> all the K2SOs, I forget their names right now, but they were actually seen in a capacity mm-hmm. where you're using them to as a uh, Gestapo, basically, like a, a yeah. fire, firing squad coming through. And it was it was genuinely like, oh, man, we're going here. OK, <laughs> like, oh, the other thing, too, that I think is interesting to point out is, um, again, one of the bigger themes of the, this show is um, indigenous people. Sure. I think and how they've been displaced throughout history. The thing that I thought was really interesting is that so you can kind of draw this parallel between Night of a Thousand Tears and the Trail of Tears, which sure. was obviously when Andrew Jackson and the U.S. government forced Native people, the Cherokee, off of their lands, and literally marched them out and took over their land. Right. So you also kind of see that parallel mm-hmm. in this as well, um, which I thought was 
obviously a very heartbreaking thing to see because this has actually happened to people in real history. Mm -hmm. Um, And beyond that too, I think I, I, during this scene was like, finally to Silver's point, like in live action Star Wars, I feel like it's kind of been one story for 40 years, right? Which is the Rebel Alliance and the Empire. And now I feel like in live action Star Wars, you're actually starting to get some of the things that we've gotten in the books in the comic books and also in the animated series, which is the story of Mandalore and the Mandalorians, right? Like this is something that they've kind of covered in the clone wars and rebels, but Mm -hmm. now like you, the general star Wars audience gets to finally see it. And people that are not that ingrained in star Wars lore and are just kind of casual fans on Disney plus now get to kind of see this other side of star Wars that all of us love so much. So for them to include this storyline in the episode, I was like, this is fantastic. And for sure, one of the best things, right? Like, absolutely. Because, yeah. For some reason, I was great. afraid to go there with that with that analog because I was like, it's Star Wars, it's fantasy fiction, sci-fi fun. And that was a very serious moment in, in real history. But I was like, that's what art and... Um, right. And also, that's what, that's good what art Star Wars... does is it recalls yeah. the themes of and, and making things universal. And I don't right. think it, I don't think it was... I don't think it was... Uh, making light of or using that to its advantage or exploiting it for any reason. I think it was, no, it's there if if you want it to be there, but it's also not like, yeah, isn't it bad Mm -hmm. that these fake warrior classes got destroyed by spaceships and it's, you know, yeah, Which is also, that. yeah, and I mean, that's what Star Wars has done since the beginning, right? Like, George Lucas has always said that he based the Empire and their costumes and all that based on Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. right? So, like, that's always been there, that kind of, like, under level of, you know, actual history throughout the world sure. is ingrained in Star Wars, you know what I mean? And kind of that battle between good versus evil and all that. So, yeah, it is kind of like, oh, I don't really know if we should go there. But then at the same time, like you're saying, like, I think real life is also there for you to interpret in art. Yes. And that is something that George Lucas has been very clear and adamant about since the beginning of Star Wars, that that's exactly what he was trying to do. I thought Star Wars wasn't political. I I, uh, Din tells the armorer to make the armor for Grogu. Oh my God. Insert tears. Yeah. First of all, Ever Little since, baby army ever, ever since there's been fan art of people making Grogu fan art of him in Beskar armor. Yeah. And I just felt like, wow, this is this is about to happen. This is about to happen. Can you even understand, um, can, you even, can you even understand that? Can you even understand that this is like where we're going and, and they everyone they blind, right. my they brain does not us. want to compute it yeah. like my brain is like no way my, my heart is breaking because he's just thinking about him he's still thinking about him and he's gonna take that spear um it's just wild to even say the spear beskar spear that sokotano gave dinjarin yeah. um is oh. now <laughs> being wielded being wielded uh yeah it, it's uh it, it, it's it's so wild and um yeah so he he wants to visit him to make sure he's okay because he's obviously still very thinking, you know, very much thinking about him. He's such a dad. Um, yeah, such a dad. Yeah, his little buddy went to college. Yeah, right. He's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go visit him. It's been two days, but I gotta go visit him. Um, he wants to make sure that he's okay, stating that the Mandalorian Creed is the opposite of the way of the Jedi, which I love that. Um, is based on loyalty and attachment. The armor forges For sure. what appears to be chainmail and presents it to Din in a cute little Grogu-shaped package head. I cried, screamed, but I love that. 
the armorer says, hey, um, you can't because the Jedi are supposed to let go of attachment. And Din's like, he does a rebuttal and says, well, that's not what, you know, the Mandalorian Creed believes. Mm -hmm. Grogu is very much like, you know what I mean? Like, I I just feel like, oh, wow, if this is going to like, if we can somehow tackle that whole Jedi and the attachment along, you know, I I just thought that that was really exciting to me. I agree. Because to be honest with you guys, I don't really fuck with the Jedi. Like in terms of their beliefs, (laughs) I am not about it at all. I don't agree. I've, I could do a whole Ted talk on why I believe that the whole reason that Darth Vader became Darth Vader is because of the Jedi. You know what I mean? Like 100% you guys led him down that, you laid uh, the path and you let him walk it. You know what I mean? So 100% the Jedi in their, in their dubious ways, of course, but, um, so I, yeah. So I love that they, that Din was like, well, hang on now. (laughs) That seems kind of asinine, right? Like loyalty and attachment and love is what we stand for, you know? So I was like, finally, can we say that in live action that, yeah, maybe the Jedi were not correct about that. They're absolutely terrible wrong. Yeah. 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 Luke, Luke, Luke gave that Ted talk in the last Jedi, the legacy of the Jedi's failure, hypocrisy and uh, hubris. And Say it three times fast. Okay, I will not. I'm not going to make a fool of myself. I'd probably fall out of my chair if I had to try that. Um, it's such a great moment of talking about dueling Star Wars philosophies and just the different themes of the galaxy. And thinking about Grogu as like as Boba's like uniting the clans and the gangs of of Tatooine is is Grogu going to be the one that like unites the ways of the Mandalore with the Jedi and he creates like a new path forward for everyone in the galaxy. It's like, I don't know what this specific feeling is called. This is a tangent, but here this is, if this is, this is the episode to do tangents on, I'll say that. And these are the guests to do tangents with. So yes, uh, um, we love it. <laughs> when I was younger, when I was younger, there was like one or two seasons of the X-Men cartoon on over and over and over and over and over again. And I was like, this is great. These are great. These are great. And then like all of a sudden the third season came on and I didn't even, I didn't have any concept of seasons or things like that. And I was like, there's, there's like new X-Men cartoons to see and to, to see what's going to happen next. And I don't know these things. That's the feeling I got during this whole scene. Like my boys do the same thing where like, I feel like I'm going to start a a best one since the next one, like bingo card. And like the free space is going to say like, John says my boys. (laughs) <laughs> um, but uh, but like there's something going on here that we, the, the, my boys do the same thing where like they watch Teen Titans Go they love Teen Titans Go and they're like this one's new it's a great show this one's new they like they're like wow it's new and it's kind of the same feeling where it's like wrapping my head around seeing something like Grogu and Chainmail Baskar armor again with Din alongside possibly alongside Boba Fett riding a Rancor with a with lightsaber light, with a lightsaber a little, like, with a little tiny lightsaber with a little lightsaber wearing chain <laughs> armor is like what is as going he on? picks up as he picks him up from Luke Skywalker in the jail <laughs> was well, completely forged by the Beskar spear that Ahsoka Tano gave him and then is- in the background you see some little emo boy and you're like oh no <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that i love that i love that uh theory that we're gonna see little ben running around it's like i my brain i'm for, will... i'm for it and I, I also i'm okay if it doesn't happen but if it if it did it'd be so it would be incredible give the people what they want damn it this is the kind of thing if you were i picture myself in like a padded room with like a straight jacket on being like <laughs> then he had a beskar spear that got turned into a armor for a little guy that was like yoda and everyone's like oh, oh boy okay he's gone 
Um, I don't know if you guys have those experiences when you talk to, I guess, normal people totally, on the street. Every day like, um, you know, <laughs> when you're at work, like, for example, when I'm at work and someone says, hey, guess what? Um, that new Boba Fett show is cool. And then you're just like, but did you know? And you just go into it. You just go into it and they're completely checked out. I literally like, got an like, email. Cool. I yeah. got an email from somebody that I work with and she was like, yeah, I've been watching uh-huh. Book of Boba Fett. It's pretty cool, but I don't really know if I like what they're doing with this character. And I literally was like, delete, delete. <laughs> I was like, because I cannot get into this and send a five paragraph email. Let me give you a dissertation as far yeah, as right? uh, <laughs> let me tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, let me let me let me let me let me uh let me Star Wars explain this. Yeah. <laughs> I felt I felt so bad. My friend Paul like DM me on in Instagram. I was like, yeah, I don't not I think I'm with the people that like don't care for the show. I just don't really like what they're doing with it. And I was just like, that's insane. You're insane. <laughs> it's just like it's just like, you a were normal, like lose my number. Like, it's just like a normal opinion to have. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But um, yeah, my sure. buddy, my buddy, my buddy uh, Chase texted me last night. I just got to bring this up. He's like, I'm watching Boba Fett episode five. Is the Mandalorian series coming back? He's in this one. Dot dot dot. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I want to scream at his face as if like he's up to Star Wars news. Yeah. And like, but I'm not because he's just like, hey, I'm watching just this. Just a casual person, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, but We're I'm the- like, uh, I'm like, yeah. He's coming back. Enjoy. <laughs> we're, we're the crazy ones, you know, in this situation, yeah. you're like, what's wrong with everybody? But we're like, we are, like we are 100%. Yeah. We are 100% serious black in Prison yeah. of Oscar Band. Totally. It goes back to the straight jacket thing. Cause I'm like, do you know what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> this is history unfolding. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, there's not, two, there's not two Boba Fett's. It's two different Mandalorians. Anyway. <laughs> So Din trains with the Darksaber against the Armorer, who informs him that the blade is heavy only because he's fighting against it and not with it. Um, off the bat, I was so into this. I was like, let's get into the lore of lightsabers and the Darksaber and the Force, right? Like, I love that they're Mandalorians, but she's also very hip with the fact that you need to work with the Force for this to work with you. And I also feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if that's something that we've explored before. Right, I think a little bit in Rebels. Yeah, but like in live action, we haven't really seen that, right? With like any Jedi or anything where it's like if you're kind of fighting against it, then your lightsaber is not going to work with you. Sure. Right? So I loved that. Deeply thematic too of just like fighting against who he actually learned who he is versus and, and, and still pushing back against that and trying to still be his old self. It's like. You're still fighting the current man. You gotta, you gotta go with it. Yeah. You can't, you can't fight against it. It's just gonna bring you down. Right. I just wanted to mention real quick too. There's so many like amazing Star Wars motifs going on in just like this one area because it's like we have a crazy elevator scene during that one shot take, and then we have this thin, thin walkway with no rail guards on it, which is like again <laughs> one of the most Star Wars things you could possibly do. My anxiety was not into that at yeah. all. I was like, at any yeah. given point, somebody could fall off. I forgot. I just die. I, yep. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I don't like this. <laughs> There's an aspect to it that was very, like, just the setting of it made it very dreamlike, even though mm-hmm. it was set in, like, a real structured place. It was just such something about the the fact it was, it just was so, so alien. And so something about that location was, it was in a dream, you know? Like, it was that kind unnerving. Of yeah, was for unnerving. sure. It was completely mm-hmm. unnerving and just, like, just felt so anxiety dream or like those weird time out of time type dreams you can have. I don't know. Right. I'm, I'm going yeah. off the rails. No, I but... agree. Yeah, I agree. I felt the same <laughs> way. Off the it rails. Was... Yeah. 
Oh, I see it. I'm not intended. <laughs> so Paz appears and challenges Din for the Darksaber. Spoiler alert. I mean, like, who's shocked? We knew that he was going to do that because he felt some type of way the second he walked into that room yeah. and saw the Darksaber, right? right. So he appears Ooh. and challenges Din for the Darksaber as his ancestors um, forged it originally, which, again, um, is one of those things that, like, we know that, right? Because we're so deeply obsessed with Star Wars and we understand where the Darksaber came from. But again, I love that they're kind of bringing lore into mainstream Star Wars and kind of, again, building these deeper stories and more rooted stories for characters outside of the Jedi and the Empire and the Sith. Yeah, um, Which was fantastic to see. So uh, Din gets his ass handed to him um, at first, but he does manage to turn the tide of the ba- uh, battle, causing Paz to yield. Classic Din getting his ass classic, kicked. Classic, classic Din. This dude starts every single fight just getting his ass He's whooped. <laughs> right and you're like do something you figure um, it out right <laughs> like come on uh but he does thank god um and I, I think again like the reason that he ends up winning that fight is because it kind of goes back into what the armor says which is basically to believe in yourself and stop fighting against yourself you know what i mean you want right. something fight for it and in that moment i also too i was like oh my god i wonder if this means that he actually genuinely cares to have the dark saber because at first he kind of just threw it off at Bo, right? And was like, whatever, I don't care. You know, like whoever wants it can have it. But now it kind of seems like maybe he's like, no, I think I'm going to hang on to this. Get used to the idea. Like, this is mm-hmm. kind of nice. Yeah. 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 I wonder what Which, that change was because he was, I mean, by creed, he has to keep it until someone right. challenges him to win it. But like also took his helmet off, you know, he doesn't have to do any of that. So yeah, it was just interesting. I, I, I wonder if season three of Mandalorian will explore some more of that and like lock into this the way that Boba Fett does that mental process of like accepting right. like who accepting are the burden. you and who are you totally. I'm really excited for it I hope so um so the armorer calls the fight asking Paz if he's ever removed his helmet when she asks Mando he pauses for it does seem like a very long time we already know the answer because you're taking so long to answer right um <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like uh it's like come on dude and just, just say the truth because everybody in this room knows it um so he pauses for what seems like an eternity before revealing that he has um he asks for forgiveness and is told that he can only be redeemed in the living waters beneath the mines of mandalore this reminded me of when he uh in purple rain when prince is like why don't you cleanse yourselves <laughs> in the waters of lake minnetonka oh <laughs> my gosh yes <laughs> Redeem yourself in the living waters beneath the mines of Mandalore. Oh my god! <laughs> he goes and does it, and he's and then the armor is like, "That's not the mines of Mandalore." Well, for starters, you have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. What? You have to purify yourself in Lake Minnetonka. I'm very <laughs> much picturing the scene in the very distinct grain yeah. film of Purple Rain. <laughs> <laughs> So Din gathers his things and goes on his way <laughs> after this. Um, he literally is just like, all right, whatever. Gotta go. One of the <laughs> things, John, that I think is interesting is you and I both said that we felt very kind of unnerved and unsettled during the scene. And mm-hmm. part of it, I think, kind of goes back to while the armor and Paz are people that Din kind of grew up with and they were part of the clan that took him in. That's not his family and this is not his home. Yes. Right. And I feel like thematically, I think that's what they were trying to do with that set was make you feel uncomfortable. Like while they seem like his people, I don't think that they are. And while this might seem like home, I don't think that it is. Absolutely. Right. That's great. That's a great point. 
yeah, you know, so you're, so, I think you're supposed to feel on edge because you're like, I'm not comfortable here. And I don't think yeah. that he, he's not comfortable either. I, you know? Like I said, I don't think he was welcomed when he first, I, I did not get Hell that no. I no. did not get, I did not get welcome vibes as like, you know what I mean? Like, right. Which is kind of like, you would think that because they've all been being killed off that you would be hyped to see somebody, yeah. that you know, but they were kind of right. like, oh my God, great. This, this guy. guy, you plan on yeah. pay- paying rent? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it just it did not it, come across as, like, a family welcoming. Visually, and, like, kind of remind me of the idea of what we were talking about in the Boba episode we covered, where Black Kern Satin pulls him out of the back to tank, where it's like, you, that was a place of safety for him. So in Mandalorian Seasons 1, the covert and the kiln and the armorer's, like, sanctuary was sanctuary. He would go back there to have everything forged for him. This is where mm-hmm. Din goes. And... They kind of flip that where it's like they're hanging over like empty space, infinite space on a thin rail with two people that are very uneasy with him being there, which is like part of their creed and being a Mandalorian is being like, there is no rest. We are only combat right. and, yeah. and creed. But it, it just representing that like that free fall, you could free fall into nothing and be pushed away from these people versus that like encased sanctuary was really interesting to me as a choice yeah i agree i'm really interested to see where they go with season three again you know there's like he has kind of contentious relationships i think with kind of different mandalorians even Bo. but the thing that i think is fascinating is if you compare um this scene to the scene with Bo and the night owls in season two with the mandalorian they almost instantly welcomed him in and they were like you could fight alongside us you know that right and mm-hmm. Bo very much is trying to get her people back to their home planet. Sure. For all of her faults and her belief system, like she is trying to do the right thing, I think, right. at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So I am kind of interested to see like in the season three of Mandalorian kind of with the conversation that he had with the armor and how all of that went, kind of how he's going to feel now about yeah. like Bo-Katan and the night owls and, mm-hmm. um, you know all of that so sure yeah it's just interesting that very like interesting stuck, it is stuck between this mm-hmm. version this cover of mandalorians he's stuck between these two and then right. the night owls yeah. who are completely different but that this cover yeah. thinks that the night owls are a cautionary tale and lost it's like, their it's way and all so that, right? fascinating all the interplay is so fascinating yeah and then the night owls are like you were part of a cult you yeah, know what totally. I mean? So it's like <laughs> you've been abused. You've yeah. been abused yeah. your whole life. I'm sorry, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but your right. people are insane. Yeah, they're nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so um, with the razor cast destroyed, Mando must fly commercial and check his weapons. <laughs> I literally during the scene, you guys, I was like, is he about to literally just like chuck the dark saber into the package? <laughs> it is the best. I loved it. I loved it so much that he put the dark saber in the storage luggage. You could feel them on set being like, "Yeah, we got to do it." Oh, one hundred percent, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was hysterical, and also he threatens the droid, which I yeah. thought was yeah. so I know funny. Much- yeah. yeah, he was like, <laughs> "I know what's in here." Din rules. He's just the best. He's just the best. He's fantastic. Which, speaking of the droid, was a Rex droid. Which for my Disney parks people, justice has been served. You know, I I literally was like, it is time for our Star Tours fanatics to see a Rex droid in live action. It was fascinating. I love. And they're we're boarding for Tatooine, so yes, 
Which, oh, oh my god, it's so it was good. Great. So, um, while en route to Tatooine, Mando reflects <laughs> on his time with little baby Grogu, um, staring into space, and he befriends a little young Rodinian child. I died. I died, 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 died. How cute Let was me tell that? you, that is, everyone's had that experience when there's a kid. Right, and you're straight, just like, like just staring at you. <laughs> I love that. I love that it brought like almost like our world stuff that happens like on a daily basis to like mm-hmm. Star Wars and oh, that little Rodian boy was or yeah, it was so cute. I was just like his helmet acting here too is just like he's just like hey, what's up, man? To have that little like jetpack next to him cracks me up too. Where it's just like yeah. I'm going to set this here. There's a lot of like this is my really, really dramatic and comical moments with the jetpacks in the show where it's like wow, you're really getting a lot of mileage out of this. Like when Paz and Din take their jetpacks off to make like the, yeah, the, to fight. the, bar- <laughs> the barriers for like where they should go. I was like, mm-hmm. this is so dramatic, but they're literally taking jetpacks off and like setting them down. And it's so funny, but it's still like sucking me in. So did someone just open wine? Did someone just open a bottle of wine? Did I hear a cord? <laughs> I snapped. Oh, okay. We have had enough of that. I wish I was. Could you imagine <laughs> just like... <laughs> It's going that well, huh? Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, it'd be like cool if I could have. It'd be cool if I was like easily accessible to do that. <laughs> so he takes out the package given to him by the armor and stares at it longingly as the cruiser lands. My thing is, do you, what do you guys think is in there? Do we think that it is just chainmail, or I don't know why, but in my soul, I really want it to be like a cute little like chest plate kind of a deal. I had a couple of thoughts on this actually. What is I in thought there? I thought it was a chest plate. There's the little bits of the ring that fall. I don't know if that's just like breakaway Baskar. I've just kind of been running with chainmail because I was like, that's kind of what I want to see. That, but I also th- <laughs> I also thought maybe Clan of Two symbol, like the like the mudhorn symbol. Yeah. To match his, which oh, is just like with like some die. armor attached to it, you know, like some weird like uh infinity scarf <laughs> made out of Baskar or something. <laughs> Uh, but I um, your little helmet. I love that. This this scene specifically tore my heart out. I just it's it's in this like goofy location, and he's just staring out in space. the The score is gorgeous, and he's just staring like I want those nap those napkins got to exist at Galaxy's Edge, by the way, too. If you're going to get a meal, they got to yeah. fold your napkin into a Grogu. Those are the, those but, are the rules now. We don't make them. That's it. <laughs> you know Sorry. that you know that you know the music was actually from uh, the scene of the Jedi with um, when Ahsoka and Grogu are communicating. It's like a like oh, I theme, I did, right? I didn't realize that. Yeah. It's, it's like that little yeah. It, um, there. It's when that scene in the Jedi when mm-hmm. um, Din is pacing and Grogu and Ahsoka sure. are having their little convo, their little force convo. And um, it's that little, and then he says Grogu for the first time and he responds. That's the same music um, that's playing while he's uh, looking oh. out on the ship. It's cute. Oh, it's like, it's like his theme. It feels like oh, I'm swimming weird. whenever I, it feels, my, I feel like I'm just like underwater. And it's it's so it's so beautiful. I don't know. Like going to, yeah. So I just I it was, my spirit like left my body every time it played. And like there's a music cue later on that kind of did the same thing to me. Um, yeah. But just the scene overall, um, him staring at it and just how much he misses Grogu and how much it's like a reflection of who he is to just stare at this. He's just like I don't I just don't feel the. Yeah. I don't feel the same way about you, buddy. <laughs> I just don't feel like I did with with you here. Yeah. And um, it's just gorgeous. It's like it can't be understated how how magical this scene was. I'm about yeah. to cry thinking about it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so he collects his weapons and heads to see Pelimoto, who is dealing with a womp rat <laughs> running loose in her garage. This was straight up like a horror film, a scene out of Alien. That womp rat was not playing with her. 
Jurassic Park. I, for real, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Shoot her! something that was so interesting is the way that she sees mando and reacts was i think how all of us felt right like oh my god look who it is and like what what an entrance entrance. yeah hey look it's mando she was much warmer to see him than the armor was (laughs) (laughs) right and again that's the thing is that like i know that the mandalorians are supposed to be very stoic people but get real can you be excited to see somebody so yeah Yeah. like she's so hyped to see him again and mando's appearance here was kind of the kramer entrance of star wars where he's just like hey (laughs) here i am like zaps the blomp right it's just like it's me but like from here on out for the rest of the episode i mean the whole episode is, is magical but like this locks into place at this point, too. So Yeah. So we learn that Peli has found Mando a new ship. Um, it is a Naboo and one Starfighter. Literally, oh my God, I know that this is this this was a win for the prequel kids. We won. We win. Can you believe it? Did you know what it was when you first saw it? This isn't a cred check. This is just like a could you believe your eyes that this was I, happening? Literally for so- me, it was like a sentimental thing. I literally, like, the second I saw it, like, my heart bursts. My experience watching this episode was a weird one because I normally wait until the morning to watch it uh, just to have early wake-up calls (laughs) and I just cannot stay up. Uh, But my dog woke me up for some weird reason at 11.46 to go use the potty. So I go take him out. I look at the clock. I said, oh, well, it's almost midnight. Miles will just stay up. They actually happened to release the episode right before midnight so around 11 50 that's when the episode dropped i said okay cool let me watch it um as i'm sitting there midnight watching this show when this n1 starfighter i thought it was at first going to be a pod race i was like what the heck is he going to do in a pod race (laughs) but when i saw that shot where you oversee the entire thing I literally, I, I, I felt like I ascended from my body. Like I, I don't, and I cannot explain this feeling that I had. It was very just like, oh my gosh, what am I seeing? And then to go into the point where he's just like, that's a piece of garbage. And like, he's just like, what is this thing? Pelimoto saying the words that, hey, this isn't just anything. This is was made for the royal guard commissioned by the queen and Naboo. I literally, I, I screamed. What are we doing? I died inside. What are we doing? What here? is going on? I, I, it just made no sense. I, I, I honestly cannot believe my eyes. I was just like, it was a moment where I was just like, oh my gosh, what the hell is happening? As if the first, <laughs> the first half of the show, like I was completely like just enamored with. Yeah. This was just like just really just pulling the way I just pulling at me in different directions. Like, okay, what am I like? I couldn't, my brain was not catching up to visually what my eyes were like intaking. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like, wait, what is going on? What's happening? (laughs) Pelimoto uh, uttering the words of, you know, and one starfighter made for the Royal guard commissioned by the queen of Naboo. It's like, what? the hell is happening some naboo love no no it was it was honestly like a uh, cat said yes the prequel kids win it was uh, no honestly it was very it was in a very emotional thing to watch unfortunately i i have i'm like kind of weak-minded sometimes and i click on like clickbait articles from like uh the, just the bad ones like you know, everyone Shame. knows what the bad like the, the the bad ones are it's just something to do during work during the day I'm just, i'll click on that i read something that was like didn't shows up in a N1 Starfighter, and I was like, come on, guys. Like, you, that would be, it would be cool, but like, there's no way this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So to see it, and I was just like, damn it, they were, they were right. 
it, like it didn't feel like it was spoiled for me still though i just like i don't always do that by the way sometimes i do and this specific one said that so don't judge me i love that you feel the need to like explain yourself at the end of that you're like by the way i don't it's one of my most toxic traits is like <laughs> reading like we got this cover to be like what the fuck are they talking about? What who who gets paid to write this? Right. It's like I don't have to click on that. Well, this episode is just so disorienting because it's one thing and then it's another thing and then it's one thing and then it's mm-hmm. another thing and it all works somehow. It's not disjointed, it's not unbalanced by any means. It it's just this kind of this day in the life of Din and it's yeah. it's it's working. <laughs> it makes sense he goes back to Tatooine. He's his buddy Palimoto found a, a ship for him. Let's fix it. I need a ship. I can't keep flying commercial. This is crazy. Um, so to get this moment and it's not forced, it's just natural and it fits. It just felt great to watch them fixing it and everything like that. It's just such a great moment. So, um, the Naboo N1 Starfighter, it's in rough shape. You guys, it is, it has seen better days. Um, yeah. Tough times. It's not aged well. It is. Yeah. So Mando, Peli and her little gang of droids, her little pit droids, um, and some Jawas set to work to repair it after a little convincing. These droids, you guys, honorable mention for them for this week's episode. I can't Top tier it. acting. Top tier acting. A BD droid. <laughs> I, I screamed. She's got three pit droids. She's got R5. She's got a, a BD <laughs> droid. She's got Jawas coming in. It's just the gang's all we here, see, folks. We see a BD droid live action. Okay. For those of you who uh, inhaled Jedi Fallen Order in three days, uh, we all wish that we have our own personal BD droid. I love that. Those things, droid. the fact, but my goodness, a live action BD droid, that just like made me like. I have actually already emailed the Disney parks and was like, <laughs> uh, immediately at the droid depot, please and thank you. Like, don't yeah, make me wait for this. Makes no sense. Yes, but droids. I like you guys know. Pelimoto is my. I love Pelimoto. I think what she does is so cool. I honestly, if I was going to retire in Star Wars, I would just do what she does all day I and just them. chill with droids. Sick. And Amy Sedaris is just chewing Hilarious. it up. Hilarious. Fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Just give her some of that meat in the beginning of the episode and let her chew on it for a while because mm-hmm. this is like, she's so ingrained in this character now. And I know people. some people don't like her. I don't get it. She's perfect for, she's like, Totally a Tatooine head. You know what I mean? She's totally someone you would meet on yeah. Tatooine. Every line, every moment, every montage of scenes was like, they're just on fire right now. I, I was so entertained and so drawn into it. It was so fun to watch, you know, the, the little pit droids get jealous because they're like, hey, good job. And then like, the other droids were like, yeah, us too. It's, it reminded me of toddlers for sure. Yeah, let's talk about Din's uh, uh, character development. Um, He was terrible. He- did not like droids for a very long time. He's and, cool with them now. Yep. Yeah. Even saying good job, little Betty. And they're all <laughs> dancing. He's like a, a boomer parent that had their kids talk to them about like <laughs> race, race relations in America. He's like, oh, I get it now. Um, yeah. <laughs> fate brought me to this paragraph. I'm so excited. <laughs> We're burying the lead, though, of the entire episode because all the Mandalorian lore and the intense fighting and the intense combat and drama between Din and his covert is nothing compared to the dating drama of Pelimoto because she dated <laughs> she reveals that she dated a Jawa. They're furry. They have a lot of issues. But she's working on herself. She's working on herself. My favorite part of this whole scene was what's implied in that conversation is that those two Jawas are like, hey, like, sorry about our guy. Sorry about what he did to you. And she's like, it's cool. Like they 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 know that like they're their friend Jawa's like a heartbreaker and like uh just not great with women or whatever or whatever it dates you know <laughs> they're like a, a, apologizing for their asshole friend 
it's it's just so it's so funny i don't i don't so much characterization of these jawas in like two or three minutes of time i also love too that they just go and grab a piece from the pike ship like midday like yeah, yeah we, that. we took that off the ship no biggie it is what it is the other uh, thing they brought back is- a very they brought back a very specific piece i was gonna say something that is important to both of you the other thing that's interesting though is that um with the jawas again i think it kind of goes into one of the things that they've had a lot of fun with on the book of boba fett which is let's take characters that you have a opinion of and then we're gonna 180 your opinion of what these characters are you know what I mean? So, sure. like, before Book of Boba Fett, the Jawas, you kind of were like, ah, I don't really know about these guys, right? Like, they just kind of kidnap and steal things that they find off of Tatooine. They don't really have, like, feelings or emotions. Like, and then on this, you, like, find out Paley's dated them. She's, like, homies with some of them. You <laughs> know what I mean? And you're just like, I love this show. I love this yeah. show. Yeah, because exactly. you're, like, really learning the characters of Tatooine at this point. You know what I yeah. mean? Which is just fantastic. You get more intricate knowledge of them, but I actually sort of disagree with that because the Jawas are the one race to me that like didn't change because they're just like they're still frisky and insane and looting oh, yeah. like yeah. looting things. We get like I, I know exactly what you're saying and it, the point still stands. I get that. I'm just saying like th- I think that's where the comedy comes from. Is like oh no, these are exactly who you think they are. <laughs> like <laughs> for some reason, them apologizing for their friend was so so funny to me. They enlist this group of Jawas to get the parts that they need for the for the starfighter. Mando takes the chromed out rebuilt starfighter with a spot perfect for a bite sized companion for a spin as smooth as a gong scomp jack through skies above Tatooine, <laughs> Beggar's Canyon, and into low orbit. Loved, 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 loved this whole scene. First of all, the the the, the lingo and the, the, the colloquialisms of Tatooine are just, every other line is some crazy Star Wars idiom that you're like, what are they even talking about? But this is the scene I was talking about earlier with the musical cues where he's cruising through Beggar's Canyon, which is like a one-to-one recreation of the pod race scene but still i don't think very like it's like fan service but not like i don't i hate mm-hmm. the term fan service but like it's just what it would look like you know beggar's canyon yeah. is a landmark on tatooine just as much as the grand canyon is a, is a landmark in america on earth you know what i mean it's like this is a place that people are going to go and especially to test the maneuverability of this starfighter this is the place to go this is just where it's at it's an old is a storied racing ground for pod racers. Like, yeah, heroes and champions race through here. Let's go test this thing out here. So, yeah, l- yeah, you say fan service, right? And how, like, you know, it's just like, yeah, but it's not. It's just like a natural thing. Like, this mm-hmm. is part of Tatooine. This is, you know, but th- let's talk about the uh, Easter egg on top of an Easter egg. Like, when in your wildest dream did you ever think an N1 Starfighter was going to be screaming? down the track of the Bunta Eve classic yeah. like are you are you joking me like what yes. am I watching exactly. this is like a this is a, this is a phantom menace like Overload. just loves like insane like what <laughs> what am I watching oh my gosh it was so good I honestly when I saw the talk of freaking fast and furious vibes with the engine on top of the thing um when it was started to hover and it, it took off like wow like the way it took flight and just like screamed down like it's like wow this thing is fast did i ever think i was ever gonna hear the sound of an n1 starfighter in like current live action star wars like no never that was not in my bingo card everyone my goodness right. the budget for this episode. <laughs> yeah, it must have been insane. Yeah, it, it did. It did look significantly better than anything that's happened in the series so far. I totally, so I totally good. agree with that. And like, there's something that's happening with the Phantom Menace love here. But like, the fact that they they're taking this like bright yellow starfighter 
stripping the paint, keeping the shape of it, but still modifying it enough with that like used universe sheen to it of of the original trilogy moving into the sequel trilogy. It there's this like guys we got you aspect of it where it's like we're this is all the same story y'all like I've said it in every episode for this so far that they're just moving mountains to let you know that Star Wars isn't like it's not prequels original trilogy and sequel trilogy it's Star Wars and they're just modifying an N1 starfighter to be tricked out like the OT spaceships and things like that where it's just still got enough of the luster from the prequel era mixed with the music and how free and Din was just having fun in this in this yeah. part and it was like we are having fun. We're having the blast with you, man. The music cues and everything going along with it was just Din becoming a kid again. He's flying this thing around. And I, I don't know. I just, it was a really special scene. And I think this is what, this is the Bryce Dallas Howard of it for sure. Is she's just yeah. got this like, I don't want to say like feminine energy. I want to say just more like this emotional connection to the visuals that she just does such a great job of making the most badass thing you've ever seen and then just slowing it down. Well, not slowing it down because he's cruising, but like mm-hmm. slowing down the intensity of it to to let you just like breathe in the Star Wars magic of all that. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, he cruises into low orbit where he's pulled over by two New Republic patrols, Paul Sun Young Lee and Max Lloyd Jones. Interestingly enough, that's Luke's body double from the end of Mandalorian season two. So, so cool. we'll, we'll see. Why is he hanging around the set, you know? Um, <laughs> hey. Exactly. Uh, Hey, well, since you're what's just well, since you're here on set already doing this thing, <laughs> right? We are. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I say that as like a maybe. I'm kind of doing like the always sunny. Like if I play both sides, I always come up on top. But, right? But like, yeah. I'll like, win regardless. He, 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 he might. He might be there. He might not. I would love to see him again. It might take away from the impact of season two. I don't think so. I think they've got the show on on lock at this point. You know, I, I had the thought. So these New Republic patrols pull him over, but he just leaves him in the dust he's just like about that uh registration thing gotta go <laughs> like i wish i off. could do that i wish i could just be like you know what mm, i'm kind of <laughs> over it it's <laughs> like it's like it's like the droid it's like the droid from um the last episode where mm-hmm. like uh, it just shuts off like yeah i wish i could just be like bye Ooh, i'm out of here yeah <laughs> and it's just it's just funny because like i said like 15 minutes beforehand we were talking about bo katan the uh the cautionary tale and we were seeing mandalore getting blown up and then we're like Got these two wacky New Republic patrols being like, you want to do the paperwork? I don't think so. Let's get out of here. This episode had just contains multitudes. It's wild. And I was I was saying, too, just with the X-Wings flying alongside the, yeah. the new Starfighter, I was just like, wow. We're really it, getting yeah, into it here. here. Yeah. It's just this, again, some more of that original trilogy and prequel trilogy synergy. Um, well, like you said, it's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. There's no trilogies anymore. It's just like this is this is Star Wars. This is we're in this universe. This is a classic car, or yeah. you know what I mean. Like this yeah. is like a this is a this is an old classic. Just just you know we're taking it out for a test drive. Like it, it's so crazy just being able to see you know everything just kind of colliding. And this is why I think what I love about the introduction of this is why we want live action Star Wars as shows is because you can build on that. You can tell the stories of the in betweens of these these mm-hmm. all these trilogies are so you know there's a big gap in between all of them and right. everyone this is just like what's so annoying is that everyone likes to of course you compare like oh this one's this this one's that but it's like no at the end of the day it's star wars it's all star wars it's, it's, it's all that's all it is mm-hmm. um but to visually being able to see like these two part eras like you know uniting <laughs> it, it, it's it's crazy you're there it's two x-wings 
in the middle of let's say the sequel trilogy time like you know what i mean like yeah, this is the new republic yeah. yeah we're the new republic this is a old Rep- this is a galactic you know era uh, classic with x-wings that we all know and love you know and then at over there in tatooine you have a a droid from the video game like what is going on like i honestly <laughs> like it it's wild it's like you said it's all star wars like but seeing the two x-wings being flanked by the n1 was just like what the heck is it like I, i'm telling you my eyes and my brain just were not like it just <laughs> not it, it was not, not fast enough not yeah. fast enough i was like what is happening <laughs> like it was it was insane like but my goodness like honestly i just i just uh i just honestly thought about doug chang the entire time like wow like how what a moment for him to have the concept art 20 what 20 plus years ago and to see it like now it's like it's wild it's insane here we are. It's it's all Star Wars. It's what all it? one big story. Yeah. Upon his return landing the Starfighter, Pelly tells Din that an old friend visited him, but she locked her out of the premises. But just then, our girl Fennec Shan appears, asking him if he's looking for work. She tosses him a sack of credits to help out with Boba's pike problem, but Din says it's on the house. But first, before any of this happens, he must pay a visit to a little friend. The episode cuts to credits, and the Star Wars fandom collectively loses its mind. Because we're getting Grogu You've got back. that right. We're getting mm-hmm. Grogu back. I screamed. It's eight o'clock in the morning. Is this is ending? My neighbor's not even up. My upstairs neighbor's not even up yet. Screaming. <laughs> I was like, he's coming back. I didn't expect. I don't feel like I get that vocal about things that much anymore. I'm just kind of like, yeah, this is fun and I enjoy this. I was psyched about this ending, especially the implication of what it means to like bring all these storylines together. Because if you remember, there's still a book of Boba Fett show going on. How did you feel about this ending? Where were you at? Um, for me, I I honestly I was really stoked. Um. Obviously, I have a lot of questions because there's only, what, like two episodes right. left. So I was like, oh, geez, Louise, like you're telling me that now he's got to go and pick up Groku and then come back here. And then he's like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. So I am like interested to see what they're going to do in the next episode and kind of how that's going to turn out. Um, right. Or if he's kind of like maybe just going to show up in the next episode and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I kind of visited Groku. It was cool. Sure. <laughs> you know, like I'm interested by um, how they left that at the end of it. I will totally. say I loved the way that Fennec showed up at the end of this episode and the way that she kind of hopped <laughs> right. down on Love those it. crates. I was obsessed with that. I thought it was like so cute and so her. Yeah. Um, oh, you tried to like, lock me out? Goes. Yeah, you mm-hmm. trying to lock me out? I don't think so. Right. Yeah, not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I'm stoked that he's joining the gang. Obviously, I think we knew that that was going to happen. Um, I so I'm. Oh, Dan, you mean? I'm sorry. I think I'm Grogu. No, no. I mean, Grogu, I don't know. Like, so now in my head, I'm like, what is he going to show up and he's going to have armor on, but he's also going to have a lightsaber and he's just going to be this tiny little toddler just kicking ass. You know Let's what I mean? He's just like yes. kind of hopping around like how Yoda did. Um, you know what I mean? Just like fighting all over the place. Like I'm intrigued to say the least. Silver, how about you? Um, yeah, that was really exciting. I don't honestly do not think that we're going to see Grogu on this show. And again, I think it just, they're just killing two birds with one stone. They're just kind of setting up, you know, they're already going to be like hit the ground running with their show that's coming out. Uh, Mandalorian season three. Um, I think they'll, he'll see him off camera. We won't see it. Um, but I was really excited. The fact that I don't know, like we talked about 
look at the did you guys see Finnick's face when she saw Mando she was genuinely happy to see him Mm -hmm. like these I'm telling you this is the reception that you know he should be getting you know like as far as like we talk about the armor and up until this point um I'm excited um I got a little emotional when he said that he said Boba Fett like question mark and then he said oh it's on the house like it's like you know it's like this is like you know Boba the entire show has been saying oh I you know I want people to earn my respect I think you know this is Din Djarin is a someone who very much respects Boba Fett um and sees that as much and it's just really exciting to see uh Boba Fett who everyone compares uh Mandalorian and Boba Fett just ever since the show was announced uh two Mandalorians bounty hunters whatever you want to say it but to see kind of um our new our new Mandalorian slash bounty hunter Din Djarin saying hey I'm gonna go help the big brother out and whatever (laughs) he needs I got him was very really really emotional and I felt I really appreciated that but you know like I said Din's a changed man now Mm -hmm. he's made relationships along his journey because of his, you know, his whole thing of trying to get Grogu back. The whole theme of the show is second chances. The whole theme yeah. is you can't get anywhere without a tribe. Listen, totally. this is the muscle. We're bringing in the muscle. Din Djarin is part of this tribe. So we're getting there. We're going to get it. Um, yeah. Again, as much as I want to see our little baby boy, I don't think we're going <laughs> to see him. We'll probably, we'll, we'll, things will happen off camera. But it's good. again, they're killing two birds with one storm. We're we're gonna set up. Uh, we're gonna we're you know what? we can hit we can hit Mandalorian season three the ground running. You know what I mean? Sure. Like we can we're up we're up to speed. Let's go. But um, I'm gonna go help. Din's gonna go help his boy out. And um, there is something very very emotional about that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's his boy. That's all you had to say. You know what I think is so funny though. Sorry, John. Just really oh, no, no, the, the one thing that all I can think about Silver as you're talking is like. Now in my head, Boba Fett and Din Djarin are literally just Vin Diesel and Paul Walker in yeah. Fast and the Furious. <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to say it, so I'm glad They're someone said They're building a family. They are yeah. building a family, and they are trying yeah. to protect let's their bring, family, let's, right? Let's, let's bring back the family memes, okay? Let's bring back the family memes. They're going to cra- right? right. crack open a Corona. Right. They're going yeah. to fire up the grill in the backyard for the mm-hmm. barbecue. Yeah, uh, when all is said and done. All and done. I can't I can't wait. <laughs> Din's gonna drive off into the distance to that Wiz Khalifa song. It's gonna be I... <laughs> very, very emotional. Wow. Yeah. Totally. Oh my god. Yeah. Get ready for the Fast and Furious franchise series on this show, by the way. Yeah, it's interesting that you you know, when you bring up FedEx reception of Din, like her her it is that warm welcome. And it's also the two halves of the episode. The first half is that cold, dark recess of space. And then the episode shifts to the like the warmth of Tatooine, where it's like brightly sunlit. Pelly's happy to see him. All the droids are happy to see him. Fennec's happy to see him. Boba's going to be happy to see him. And it's like, like you said, this is the theme of the show. When you said second chances, that's, just, that's absolutely spot on. You know, everyone gets that feeling in their gut when they're doing the right thing or going in the right direction. And it's like, it feels so off to Din to be in that spot. And he's so disoriented and out of his element, even though that was his element. And then he's just like, back with his people. He's just like, these are my guys. Like, this is... Fennec's here, Pelly's here. This is great. When you end an episode with someone be like, but first I got to do the thing you want me to do. And it's like, yeah, let's do it. I personally think they're going for it. I think they're, I think they're throwing it. I I hope, I I honestly, I do hope so. And my friend Kelly brought this up and I think it's a great point. And I I tend to agree with it is that Mando season three aspect of it. They might not show how he gets Grogu to come with them, 
they might just kind of show up because we know that he's going to get him. But like that happens maybe in Mando season three and it kind of interlaces. I got to think if we're getting a whole episode like this, that we're going there. Well, also, know. yeah, to your point, it seems like such a weird line for him to deliver yeah. at the end yeah. of this episode, right? Yeah. I'm going to be kind yeah. of annoyed. If, like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, if in the next yeah. episode, it, Groku isn't there, because I'm like, well, right. what was the point of delivering that line? Right. Like, yeah. now, what? Like, we just kind of flash <gasps> forward, and you're like, all right, well, I'm here. I got to hang out with him. <laughs> right, exactly. What What was that? Oh, my gosh. What happened? No, I just, like, the way you guys were just so convincingly, like, trying to convince me. Like, <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you read something. I think you read, like, a spoiler saying, Like, why else deliver? Deliver that line. Both of you guys just like visually put something in my brain. <laughs> it's that um, I'm, I'm picturing this crazy Pike versus Boba's house battle war. You have going, Boba running the rancor. You have Din, you. you know, wrecking. You have uh, Daddy Kersantan just going off. Yes, and Silver. You have the my twin Demoryars just going, and you then you have it. the Biker Gang. Go Silver. You got it. Throwing the force. Grogu is the clutch. Maybe Grogu is the Oh my gosh. She's back. She's back. He's going to be bouncing off of people, slicing heads off. I'm telling you. Oh my gosh. You guys. The wow. Bat Batch enters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's really That's pushing, it, man. Oh my gosh, you guys very. I very much. You guys convinced me that this is good. I'm going to be really upset. Everyone, I will make a YouTube video if this does not happen. Dissing yeah. me and John, could you imagine if it doesn't happen? If it doesn't happen, we're going to make like the Kathleen Kennedy, like ruined Star Wars videos where it's going to like make a snap and become those guys. You guys will see me with laser eyes on my thumbnail <laughs> on YouTube. Laser we eyes. <laughs> that should be the 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 cover image of this episode of the podcast should be us with just laser eyes i just think that would be why so don't funny. you Let's you should it. because do, that's exactly that's exactly how we all felt i'll do it you know it might not be as like epic or big i just think it's i just feels like we're going there because think about last last week when it's like the everyone's like do you think it's possible that Din is going to be in in this at all? <laughs> it's like boom, another episode the is just literally, of the it's, and it's literally just so intense, so intensely Din that from the first five seconds he's cutting a dude in half with the with the dark saber. It's like yeah, I think we're I think we're going to go there. I thought it was going to be tough to get through all the the dense <laughs> uh, lore and themes of this episode, but guess what? That's why we had three people on this podcast. We had to do some heavy wow, some heavy lifting, it. like Pelly and Din and the. Droid crew recreating that new boost star, starfighter. We worked our way teamwork wise through this episode. So I was reaching there. We might, I'll probably cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts on chapter five, the return of the Mandalorian? Great episode. 10 out of 10 would recommend would watch yeah. again was, I think one of the few episodes of the show thus far that I've had like audible reactions to. Mm -hmm. um, and again, the world building in this episode was 10 out of 10. So yes. Loved it. Silver, anything from you? Uh, I loved it. Uh, I actually, I no, I absolutely really enjoyed it. Um, episode two, weirdly, it's still my favorite episode so far mm. of the entire show. Um, but as a Star Wars fan, this was actually such a delight to just sit back and watch. Sure. Um, funny enough that this was the first episode that I actually stayed up for and I wasn't able to sleep two hours afterwards. But yeah, um, yeah it was really, it was... It, yeah, it was wild. Uh, 
but no, I, I thought it was a great, it was a great, great episode. Uh, cheers to Bryce Dallas Howard, who I just want to say that the women in Star Wars are just killing it. Absolutely. As far as live action Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, um, like for me, I think uh, this is three for three as far as Bryce Dallas um, mm-hmm. Howard's episodes. Absolutely. Uh, Deborah Chow's episodes are some of my favorites. And my favorite episode of the show is uh, Chapter Two, which is def- directed by Steph Green. So women directing Star Wars, please. We know more what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Give women more Star Wars entries. Please do it. Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Yep. Chapter Five, The Return of the Mandalorian. We did it. Are you ready to face the trials? I'm prepared. Silver, are you ready? Hopefully. I'm ready. I bet I can't wait. This is the first time I don't know if I'm ready. Let the trials commence. All right. We prepared a special one. I say we. It's just me. I prepared a special game for the both of you to kind of bring your show and our show together. This week, I was going to do The Spice is Right. Which is was was the original idea for the bounty is right, which is I name an exotic spice or a Star Wars thing, and you have to guess which one is which. So, to tie your show into this one, we have a game for you called what <laughs> called what a man or walking trash can. Uh, <laughs> prepared a list of not- notable gentlemen oh in the Star God. Wars universe. In the Star Wars universe, and I need you both to say what a man or walking trash can. Are you ready? I'm ready. Born ready. All right, we're starting you off with an easy one just to get into the rhythm of it. But Bale Organa, Silver. What a man. Cat. Woo! What a man. <laughs> what a man. Oh my God. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Next, Masameda, Silver. Wa- walking trash can. <laughs> Cat. Uh, uh, a lot of horns. <laughs> also, yes, walking trash can. No. Sorry, Masameda. <laughs> keep, wa- keep walking. Kit Fisto, Silver. Ooh, what a man. <laughs> In all forms. Have you guys seen the animation one? Ooh. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Ooh. That lives rent free in my head when he's oh. under, underwater with the bubble. Underwater? Mm. Oh my gosh! Rocking. Kit Fisto, please. Jenny Tartakovsky, Clone Wars. Shout out, Cat. Kit Fisto. Walking trash can. Ooh. Uh, let's, where's Where's the? Uh, there's a way to boot you out of this. Oh no! Room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't do it. What don't you like about Kit Fisto? I don't know. I think that maybe because he's. No, there's something about his eyes. <laughs> Freaked me out. Staring, staring at you lovingly as he smiles at you? No, hell no. That's what I'm saying. No, that freaks me out. You're telling me that you would roll over at like one o'clock in the morning. He's just staring at you and you would be like, what? Have you seen his body under? Have you seen his body underwater? <laughs> Remember earlier, earlier Silver said it doesn't matter what the head looks like. Just that, oh given that God. body. Uh, all right. Seal Bibble. Silver. Walking trash. What the fuck? Cat. I'm with silver. Walking trash can. Not interested. No. He gaslights. He's oh, a gaslighter. Sure, that's yes. what I'm saying. He 100% is the type of dude that would call you a female. That's actually exactly <laughs> the type of man no. that I, I yeah. would feel that, that would do that. I just feel, no, he's just a, as far the gaslighting, I'm not into. <laughs> what do you mean? The, Where's the I know. <laughs> The I know more than you. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just always like has yeah. to have the last word on the right. freaking the in, in, in front of the queen. It's like no, I'm the queen. I I tell you what goes on. Seal Bibble yeah. is how is Seal Bibble gaslighting people? What is he saying? He's, he's just, just gas. He's just a gaslighter. <laughs> like the way he's like the way, okay. <laughs> Bibble's getting a bad rap. And him sending that message. 
to the ship yeah. almost got them yeah. killed. You know what yeah. I mean? Stop it. Stop playing. It's like, homie, just, just you know. The- Figure it out. Figure yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He seems like he seems a little punk, punk ass bitch. <laughs> Let's move on. I, I'm, I I can't stand seeing Ribble getting beat up. Chancellor Valorum, Silver. What a man. Yeah. I don't know. Because he is kind of cute, but at the same time, he looks like he belongs in the haunted mansion. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> what I mean? Well, like a vote of no confidence in Chancellor. Vote of yeah. no confidence. Yeah. Also, that's my other problem with him is that he kind of came across as a bitch to me. Like <laughs> you straight up let these people just run you over. A little punk ass bitch. <laughs> yeah, spine. Not nah. Silver. I'm gonna sample you saying little punk ass bitch and use it forevermore in all of my episodes should, for things. Yeah. Uh, little punk ass bitch. <laughs> is he like a, a beta boy? He is. He's a <laughs> Grow up. Grow I can, up. I can, no, let him go. The way he just puts his head down, he's like, oh, man. Yeah. When they vote him out, oh, man. No confidence in me? I don't have any confidence in myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. Here's, uh, let's bring it back up a little bit. Dexter Jetster, sil- Silver. Ooh. He could cook me food, and he has a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Big boy, I'm going to say, what a man. <laughs> I agree with Silver. What a man. All right. Captain Panaka, Silver. Walking trash. <laughs> I thought I knew which ones you were going to say, but I, d- I did not expect a walking trash can for Panaka. No, no loyalty. No loyalty. I don't think. You don't think? Nope. You don't think? Um, he ended up working for the Empire. Say it ain't so. Loyalty, loyalty, what loyalty. What the fuck? Cat, <laughs> uh, Panaka. Cat, answer. Oh, does it, does it depend nah, on No, you position? know what? I was going to say what a man, and then I just Googled it, and fucking Silver's right. This dude acquired the title of Moff during the rise of the Galactic Empire. Nah, hell not. Nah, trash. Trash. Yeah. Throw them off the platform. That's... I had no idea. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. <laughs> Panaka, you know what you are? You're a punk ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what we were doing for a second. I was like, wait, I what? <laughs> I, it's, if, it's, you want, if you want to do it again, I'm Now, hang on, go. hang on, hang on. A crime has just been committed. John, I saw what you just did. Don't oh, delete I, that. I'm putting it back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I, I think I know where we're thoughts. going then. All right, I've got thoughts. Let's, let's hear these thoughts. All right, Silver, Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> Ooh, what a man! Now you're Tarkin. What a man! Emphasized. Wow. <laughs> what a man! Emphasized. Those cheekbones. First of all, those cheekbones. Cheekbones. You fucking Mary, kidding me? Wow. Pristine in his uniform. Yes. <laughs> what a man! He knew what he was about. He was the only one that stood up to Darth Vader and was like, nah, you ain't going to talk that shit to me. Like, and everybody else was a punk ass bitch. And for that, what a man. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Silver Fox. Yes, he is. Oh, my God. And then (laughs) in Rogue One. mm. (laughs) It'd be looking a little janky, but. Right. It don't, it don't them matter. Cheekbones, but them cheekbones, yeah, girl, they the were there. Nice. It's like Michael Douglas romancing the stone versus like Michael Douglas now. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, you, you used to have <laughs> Pago the Lesser. Silver. Walking trash. I don't have thoughts as to just walking trash. That's <laughs> can't, it. Can't. Period. Walking trash can. What? No, uh-uh. Clicking sweet nothings in your ear. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no. I'd clip his wings. <laughs> All right. Admiral Radis, Silver. What a man. 
What a man. A hundred percent. What a man. <laughs> what a man. What a man. Yes, I love agree. Yeah, I love a hero. Mm-hmm. Hero of the. Yes. Yes. Hero of the Republic. Let him know. Yeah, Put it down. Name a ship after mm-hmm. him. Let's do it. All right. Yep. Um, I'm going to chime in on this one, but silver. <laughs> Watt, Watt Tambor. Walking trash can. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Walking trash can. No, not I'm, cute. I'm going what a man. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> he just really, he really turns my dial. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't, know I don't Guys, everyone listening, I don't know what's going on anymore. We've lost, we've lost control completely. We're in one t- of what our podcast is about, though. No, we're at Revenge of the Sith where they're just trying to land safely. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's literally what's going on. Obi-Wan's like, don't worry, we're still flying half a ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's literally what's going on. The fire engine ships are coming in. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're spra- yeah. They're, spra- they're spraying yeah. us down right now. Another happy landing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> and then last, but certainly, certainly not least, Count Dooku, silver. Mm, what a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty man. Yes, he is. Yeah. Man. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I ain't never seen a mammal fun. Yeah, let me see. Let me tell you. Count Dooku is very much my jam. Hell yeah. He's a man when it counts to be a man. Wow. Yeah, you know, when it counts. Dooku, your moment has arrived. Yeah. The ladies love you. <laughs> so that was that was what a man uh, filled with many <laughs> twists and turns and unexpected surprises. Let's wrap it up like we've wrapped every every episode up with. Describe your first week as Daimyo on Tatooine, Silver. Well, what I would be really doing first of, first and foremost, I would be hiring uh, Pilimoto as my right hand woman. Um, and that's it. <laughs> successful first week okay sounds good cat <laughs> how about you all she's doing in one week is hiring pelimoto and being like did it i'm good no Come fucking on. interview needed she's hired on the spot we're chilling listen if we got to pick up a cute bunch of cute jawas on the way to be mm-hmm. like let's go then cool but you know i love that i've got plans just- though i've got plans cat what's your plan you- First and foremost, I am taking the front desk receptionist from the mayor's office, our favorite little oh, barista. Yeah. I am opening a bar- I am opening a coffee bar on Tatooine. Uh-huh. He sure. is going to be the general manager there. Nice. Um, the second Upgrade. thing I'm doing is taking Jabba's Palace and I'm turning it into a luxury Airbnb. Nice. Um, everybody's been really into the desert recently. You know what I mean? Oh. Like with Palm Springs and Phoenix. So like I'm capitalizing on that and I'm going to gotcha. bring tourism into Tatooine. Wow. I'm going to be making us yeah. money. And yeah. then what I'm going to do is start building pools everywhere for everyone to enjoy. Oh. And I'm going to buy everybody Brita filters <laughs> because water <laughs> seems to really be an issue here. So yeah. <laughs> also, also, we're going to be having a Coachella festival outside in the <laughs> dunes. Yes. Max Rebo. Yes. <laughs> DJ Rex from the cantina yeah. and Batu is going to be coming into town. Hell yes. Having, yes. We are having a full and also, festival. Also, I'm whining and dining Obi-Wan Kenobi because I know oh, his yeah. ass is still hanging around. VIP. So I'm gonna go and also find him in my first week and be like, what's up, Kenobi? <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a very solid plan. I like that you're kind of taking the um the mafioso route of like they used to be in like drugs and 
smuggling right. and things like that. And then they kind of went into real estate in, in later on in the 80s and things like that. Do you see what like I'm that? doing? Do you yeah, see what I'm see doing? You're, this is you're, very you're, much you're, Godfather you're, Part 2. I'm moving to Lake totally. Tahoe. Yeah. And you're, I'm getting in the casino business. Totally. You're legitimizing it, bringing exactly. lux- luxury and entertainment to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. a good thought. And then Silver's like, yeah. I hired Polymoto. I'm good. <laughs> If any punk ass bitch wants to look at me the wrong way on the street, that's it. It's over. It's over. You're done. Speaking of being done, we're done. We did it. We made it all the way through. We made it, we, we made it all the way through. And uh, thank you. As it, it was about as off the rails as I expected it to be. And You're uh, it was great. We loved it. Every every minute of it. So if if you if y'all are still here, we love you too. Thank you so much to the both of you for being here. And we can't I can't wait to do your show or this show again with, with both of you on here. It's always a blast. So thank you for having us. We appreciate it. We know that we know that we're a lot, but we always have so much fun with you. So yes, more yeah, to more to this. Definitely. I love it. It's like mm-hmm. this podcast unleashed when, when, uh, when y'all are around. So I hope to have you back on really soon. Make sure to check out into the garbage shoot podcast, anywhere podcasts are found question mark, your Spotify's, your Apple podcasts, your Google podcasts, your Stitcher's, they have a YouTube channel. You can watch them on YouTube. You can see their faces. And um, yeah, make sure to check them out. It's a new Star Wars podcast. I'm sure a lot of you are listening to this because of these two. So go check it out if you haven't heard it already. And we'll have them on again soon. Stay tuned next week as we have horror writer and Star Wars obsessive Stephanie Cole on to talk about episode six. We might be broadcasting from the spirit realm because who knows what the hell is happening next week. Also, make sure to check out uh, at the same time we're doing these Book of Boba Fett episodes. We are doing our foray into the Batman universe with Batman 66, there's an episode on the feed. Next week, we're talking about Batman and Batman Returns, the Tim Burton Batmans. And uh, we're going right on through until the Batman, Matt Reeves, the Batman is released in March. Stay tuned for all those episodes coming out. Uh, make sure to follow us at B1N1Pod on Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Ring the bell on Spotify and give us that five-star rating on Spotify as well. Thanks to Christian Cremo, Josh Stacy, and Rick Johnson for our theme music. And uh, hey, guess what? We'll see you next week. Bando!